Welcome to episode 841 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right here, team. Welcome along to episode 841 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. Nice peaceful ride up here this morning. You rode up? Five, five, it's in the morning. 5.30 in the morning. He's hardcore. It's quite peaceful. A little bit of hum of the city behind me. Hardly any cars coming up your hill. Daylight savings. So, so we had daylight savings, so it's darker again in the morning. Mm. You know, but lighter at night. I do love this time of year, John. But we're only, what, 10 days out or so from, from Kona, from oh. the women's race anyway. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay, let's talk about, first of all, let's say thank you to our patrons. Guy around the world, Whitby. We've got John, I'm going to knock you out, Reardon. And Ruthless Ryan Smith. Again, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. John's got his next project. I am going to be doing Everesting in December. Mentioned it last week. Bevan was quite surprised. So uh, I'm going to talk through my planning and how what, what Everesting is all about. And then we're going to talk to Terry Bessadi, who's actually done it. So he can tell me that I'm dreaming. Or, uh, you're a dreamer, mate. You're a dreamer. And basically just his experience is doing it. Mate, you're a dreamer. <laughs> That's an iconic New Zealand TV ad. Uh, Winger of the Week, questions and answers. I actually back you on this one, John. You're, 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 you'll be fine. Um, this Okay, let's get into it. So a little bit of Kona news. We're, next week we're going to do our Kona Super Special. Um, but this week we're just going to do a little bit of news. First of all, Lucy Charles is going to be racing. Now, it's a really interesting question about her, John, because, you know, if she was fighting fit, You'd be putting her in contention. We 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 do you place her? Well, she it looks like she's pretty fit. Um, and earlier in the year, I thought Lucy Charles to have the stress fracture. She'll come back, but like Lionel Sanders did, yep. he came back and, and ended up doing. I can't remember what he did, nine man, but he was back in shape at that stage of the year. So I was thinking, oh, that's going to happen. But you're watching Lucy Charles's progress and her recovery, and you're thinking, no, no chance. Yeah. And even when she came back and did Collins Cup, not Collins Cup, she did the World Long Distance Champs the same weekend as Collins Cup, it sounded like she hadn't been, she'd been running for like a week or something like that. Uh, so it's a bit of a weird one, but I kind of feel that unless you're Fredino or Reef, unless you're at 100%, you're not winning the race. Those yeah. guys could probably win, you know, just plucking numbers out of my ass here, like 95%, they'd probably still win. Um, But everybody else, if you're not at 100%, Kona's going to highlight all your little frailties. And so, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things. You wouldn't be surprised if she does well, but I'd be really surprised if she won it, if she's not 100%. Um, So, yeah, interesting one. Well, the other thing is, is she may just be looking at going, you know what, I haven't been racing much this year. Hmm. You know, you know, kind of no risk race. You know, like basically, I go along, have a race, and if it doesn't go well, so be it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's it, her year has been very disrupted, and um, it's so. been a long season for a lot of people. You know, when you were peaking in May for St George, which a lot of these athletes were, and then you're peaking again in October. It's quite a different year, so some athletes are going to be a, probably be a little bit fizzled That's out. She might be one of earlier today, John, as I woke up and got out of bed and thought about triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, was are we going to be starting to see the fittest athletes of all time now? Because when we think about A, science, mm-hmm. B, technology, um, C, the understanding of training methods and body care and all the rest of it is pretty high level. But also because of the Collins Cup, we're seeing a lot more high level racing in a season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
it, it, you know, like, are we start, do you think that will mean that we actually also see that next level of performance? Like, in the last period of time, we've seen speeds increase anyway, and it's probably, yeah. partly a combination of all of those things. But, you know, like, these long course, at least, like, short course race all the time, so it's a different beast. But long course, realistically, previously probably had two races a year hmm. where you were really man against man, you know, top against top. Whereas now, we're seeing probably six events a year. Mm. where these athletes are really putting it to the wire, do you think that means we're going to see a higher level of physical specimen? Well, one of the things with Kona is times don't mean that much. Like We might have the best performances of all time in a week and a half's time, yep. um, but the time might be 8.10 for the men versus 7.51 that Fredino did. It, might, it may well be a better performance, so the conditions play such a big part. I guess in terms of the best specimens, I think we're just going to see the fields get deeper and deeper and stronger and stronger. So if we look at the evolution of short course racing from when they got into the Olympics, the depth and quality of the fields is just off the charts compared to what it was. Like I, I did a couple of World Cup races, which is now the World Triathlon Series, and I was a gumby. You know, I was like... <laughs> 15th tier pro at best and yeah. yet I could still get a start now at the level that I was at back then you'd win it it's like, yeah, you're not even getting a world cup start even if you're lucky and that's the second tier one okay. so the, the standard is lifted and that's probably the thing yeah we'll, get, we'll keep inching up but the well, depth but it is the, that thing of, the depth is going to get so much if there's stronger. a higher depth in a sport the higher quality at the top end as well hmm. you know what I mean like you know because if there's more people pushing from behind the people at the top even have to push harder so you I think oh, people you, know, you look at Chrissy she's dragged the field, she dragged the field up Danielle Reef's dragging the field up Norwegians are dragging the field up so you know whenever you've got those sort of uh, absolute weapons that, that come along sort of once in a generation or so then they're, they're always going to just drag everybody up with them so yeah we'll keep seeing evolution and progression you know you see Kipchoge break the record at the weekend um, so a, he is a, he is a once in a generation athlete isn't yeah, he yeah totally what and, a freak and so he's going to drag he everybody else with him minutes. sorry he won by about 4 or 5 minutes yeah well I, I don't really follow marathon at all other than that you know when he races you just sort of see the time but if you were a top marathoner, are you going to want to go to the race where Kipchoge's going? Possibly he not. He must be, he must be getting end. on a bit. Yeah. But he took like 30 seconds off. Mm, yeah. I think he had paces. I, I, well, he had a couple of paces through halfway. He went through halfway in 50, 59 something. Uh, and then, yeah, but he, sh- he had oh, a he faded, pretty, pretty shabby. He's <laughs> pretty shabby. I think it was his last 5K was 14.43 as opposed to his first one was like 14 or his fast one was maybe 14.09 or something. So, yeah, pretty poor pacing really. Mm, disappointing. Well, but what, what like I, I I don't really watch that kind of racing, but man, you got to respect that guy, and he just everything you hear about him, legend. You know, but we go on and on about because someone Joe said to me last night, drugs, and I was like, with that guy, he just it seems like the character guy. Oh, he, he just seems like an amazing human being. Yeah. But, you know, you go, we go on and on about, you know, maybe our triathlon viewing's not that interesting in terms of, um, you know. Uh, the Collins Cup and stuff watching a marathon is boring as batshit but do many people actually watch a marathon no they don't no um, but I guess that's what we've got to do in triathlon is get to try to get to that level where people are at least watching the highlights or talking about it like we are now we've got next to no interest in marathoning mm. um, but, but in saying that that's a like how often do they actually have a marathon because the yeah. only reason we're talking about it is because it was kind of world mar- record yeah you know like realistically how often and you and I are both endurance sports mm. fans yeah. we never talk about marathons or even really keep an interest in them do we mm. 
No, so um, just another piece of news, which is actually really sad news. Kat Matthews, unfortunately, I think she was in God, T-bone on yeah, the bike, so big time. She was out riding Petrus Langer was with her, um, and he was just saying she got smashed really badly, went unconscious. He's basically stabilising her. Luckily, the ambulance turned up quickly, um, but not in a good place. Oh, well, she's going to be okay. Luckily, mm. she put a photo. Her face did not look good. No, uh, it seems like the the, the car driver, did not look good either. Yeah, Jesus, good she put a huge dent in the front like of the superhero. But sadly, that means she's no longer racing Kona. Yeah, and she was definitely a contender. You know, you wouldn't think, oh, she's going to beat Daniela Reef if Daniela Reef's on fire. But you know, she's uh, she finished second in St George, didn't she? So she's certainly a contender. Um, and she's the first person to ever break eight hours draft assisted um, for the female side of it. So she is definitely a big name that is now out. Hopefully, she'll be back and fighting fit. Be safe on the road, guys. Seriously, mm. like a lot of people don't ride on the road nowadays. Like I've got my mate Jeff, and he's more of a cyclist, but he rides on the road minimally nowadays because of safety. Mm. Now he's had a couple of bad crashes, so it makes sense. It's a tough one, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, John. I think we should pause because we're going to do our interview, so we're going to pause and we're back in a second. And we are back. And the first of all, what we are going to say is there's not many results happening over the weekend. We are kind of heading into a few random halves, John. A few random halves. So last weekend we had the new challenge race in San Remo. It looked pretty awesome. I watched a teensy bit of the coverage. The bike looked like they went out in the middle of uh, the Wop Wops. Emma Bilam took that out in 4 hours 50 for a four-minute victory. Gregory Barnaby took out the boys' race by only 16 seconds. Oh, that's a good race. That's very close. Uh, at 70.3, Augusta, Grace Alexander took that out. Uh, and Jason West took the boys out by 47 seconds. And then finally, we had 70.3, Cozumel, Goritz Frads Lralde took that out by five minutes. And Luciano Tacconi took out the boys by 4 minutes 51. So, yeah, we're not going to see a great deal of racing in the next few weeks because well, it's Ironman all about is the big daddy. The big daddy's come to town. Also, mm. we uh, do have a little bit of other news. There's been a bit of movement in the PTO rankings. Racing well against stellar fields makes a huge difference with a 5% bonus in the PTO races. So what's actually happened here, John? So in the females. Well, you've seen uh, Ashley Gentle is now ranked number two in the world on the PTO rankings. So, you know, courtesy of doing both of the PTO events plus the Collins Cup, uh, so she's now number two in the world. Others that have made a little bit of movement, Lucy Charles bumped up one to number four. Holly Lawrence bumped up number one to ten um, and a few others that have gone up Justin Corley's up to number 15 Lisa Norden up to number 14 and good old Kiwi Rebecca Clark has been a big mover she has moved up into 37 moved up 14 places so yeah if you have a good result at the PTO races uh, that is going to make a big difference have we seen much difference uh, in the men uh, uh, A because there are strong strong fields um and yeah, that's uh, the number one reason. And you get a five percent bonus um, for for the, with the PTI events. So the men's you've seen Ditlev, Magnus Ditlev move up to number two, courtesy of his good race at the PTO Canadian Open. Sam Long, courtesy of his one, has moved up to number six. Sam Laidlow. Um, and the, yeah, Sam Laidlow yeah. is up 11. Yeah. Say what you might about Sam Laidlow because we still remember the Collins Cup, but he's had three stellar races this season. He's finished um, the St. George Ironman race. He did fantastically well there, uh, finishing in the top 10. He did uh, fourth at the PTO race in Dallas and also had a great race at the Canadian. He's event. very young, isn't he? Uh, how old is Sam Lowe? He is still pretty young. He is 23. So yeah. He's a young fella. Good, big future. Um, 
he's going to be at the front of the race in Kona. And it's just whether or not he can stay there or not. Uh, but he'll certainly be pushing it on the, the swim and the bike. The other big mover is Colin Chartier, who had that fantastic result at Dallas. And he's moved up 17 spots to number 11, overtaking Braden Curry, who hasn't done much racing um, this year. So he will be fresh as a daisy for Kona. Two questions. And you may not know the answer to the second one. When does, the end of the, when does this year finish? I have a feeling it's 31st of December. Oh, okay. So it literally just goes to the I end think of the year. I think it's calendar year. Okay. Yep. And then secondly, with the, with the pregnancy payment, mm-hmm. do you have to have a certain level of ranking? I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, like... I should have talked about it more at the Canadian Open race. <laughs> it was, no. Well, uh, like if we look at the rankings here, they give the rankings through to 100. Yeah. So if you're in the top 100 and you're a female, do you, you freeze get, your ranking or what? Or, or, they, or, or is it just a payment? Well, they give made. you a payment, don't they? You get a mm. payment from them. And yeah, I don't know what happens to rankings. Surely it affects your rankings. Yeah. You must know, it must do because you can't get, you know, if you haven't raced for a year, mm. you shouldn't get the bonus at the end of the year. There is in some sports, there is a sort of, it sort of freezes your, your rankings. So um, not for necessarily pregnancy reasons, but. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. You know, like I love that they're doing the pregnancy thing. It's awesome for the sport. Um, I'm just wondering where's that cutoff? Because there has to be a cutoff. You know, mm. like, you know, like if I was, you know, I had one race as a pro. Yeah. You know, if I was a female and I'd done one race as a pro, which, which really I wasn't really a pro. I was more just a decent level age grouper. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be well. Again, I'm not female, but in that situation, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Maybe someone can give us the answers on that. Okay, um, Jumbo. Let me go back to my notes here. Okay, so what else happening? Coming, coming up this weekend? Yeah, what's happening? Got, Ironman Barcelona. It's a non-pro race, um, but still an Ironman nonetheless. Uh, also, if you want to do a fast time, it's a good race to go to. Um, I'll, maybe I'll mention this now. Bevan, should I start a petition? Here we go. Go on. Here's a rant. Come on. Uh, got somebody else sent a picture through. I think it might have been the Holy Hammer or something like that. There's, there's some footage of Iron Man Italy and uh, these Drafting. gigantic packs going through. It happens all the time. But do people actually complain about this? They complain maybe on Facebook and social media and complain to their friends. But do you, if you've been to one of these races, do you actually send Write a message to Iron Man saying, this drafting's crap, do something about it? Uh, or do you just sit there and just take it? And should I start a petition? And, you know, we could get thousands of people signing that, literally, and say, see if we can actually get some change happening. Should yeah. I do it, Bevan, or not waste my time? Because I'm getting well, sick of it. Well, there are, the, you, the, what cause, what, what tree do you want to die under? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, if you know, is that the saying? Or, like, you know, like, if that's your cause, John, I say uh, go for it. It's not my cause, but, but I'm, I'm getting I'm getting close. I need it. It needs to be very well worded, and you need to come up with some solutions. And I, you know, I've I've got get old, uh, solutions. Get old Andrew onto it. Andrew? Oh no, no, Charlesy. Sorry, Charlesy. He's Charles? a lawyer. There you go, Andrew yeah. Charles. If you're listening, he's a lawyer. Write me up a petition that I'll yep. put on. What, what's that petition website that you use? Change like me change, or something change like that. or change org yep. or something. Yeah. I'll think about that. John's petition. Mm. Short course update. Uh, we haven't got too much Super League coming up uh, the, this week. I think it's the weekend after next. However, World Triathlon have announced uh, some racing for next season. So the calendar's starting to t- take shape. No surprises. Yokohama's in there as per usual. Hamburger's in there with a sprint and the mixed relay. But a couple of new venues. Going to Sunderland in Great Britain. Never been to Sunderland. Um, 
but I'm sure they'll do a good job. Uh, so no longer are they going to go to Leeds. And then another new venue is Pontevedra, where they've had the World Long Distance Champs, and I think they've had a World Cup race there. But yeah, a couple of new venues for the World Triathlon Series. My fingers and toes and everything across that they're going to come up with some epic courses and put in lots of hills and make it a bit more interesting than just uh, doing laps on the bike. Another random question for you. If you could bring back any race that's ever been on the ITU calendar or the World Triathlon calendar that has disappeared, mm. but you could bring it back just because you loved that race, what would it be? Not, it's not necessarily a race that was on the World Triathlon circuit, but the Athens Olympic course, if really? they re-brought that back, that would be epic. Yeah. That was If you've never watched it, go back and find footage of it. Uh, yeah, 2004. Yeah. That was an epic course, and you would get some, definitely get some different um, people on the podium because the bike course was mental. Okay, uh, okay. Just a couple of other things in terms of races coming up this weekend that we said there's not too much, but you have the Bayman in France and the Alba Man in Italy. Had a quick look at this Bayman race, and if you've ever watched a Tour de France before, and uh, you sometimes see on the north western side of France when they're up around there they go uh, they have often have a finish at a place called um, hold on a second it's really iconic and I should know it uh, that's great podcasting this yes, uh, Mont uh, Saint-Michel. So it's just like this um, church kind of on this rock and maybe a little bit of a village there. And it's got this causeway to, to get to it that is covered by sea for quite a bit of the day. So you can only kind of go across there on low tide. Oh, really it's cool. absolutely iconic. But this race is called the Bayman. Um, finishes there, so you actually get to go to this really cool venue. So iron distance race, um, pretty flat bike course um, and just a cool place to go in France in the northwest of France. Probably be pretty fresh starting to get a bit fresh here at this time of the year okay so this week's discussion was who are your dark or what are your dark horse predictions for Kona coming up in a couple of weeks from now we don't get a huge amount of answers but Lee Cartmel started off saying Kat Matthews which is unfortunate change there and uh, Magnus Detlev uh, a few people are saying Joe Skipper. One of them was Kirk Latham. If Joe Skipper, if he goes, well, I've seen footage of Joe Skipper. He's over there now, and he's doing obviously a couple of weeks preparation. So he is there, and he's going. Based on we've interviewed Dawson for next week's show, and based on Dawson was saying was that he was actually not thinking of going because of the financial. That was old old news. Yeah, but, but he was apparently was a, a contemplation. Yeah, that's but that's that's a problem for the sport. Well, it's it's a problem. And just getting accommodation is a problem. Yeah. Like, even if you want to pay, trying to find somewhere to stay. Because he's a contender. Oh, yeah, you know, like You know, it's not like he's like a 15 to 20, 30 guy. Like, he's, mm. he potentially, on his day, could win mm. the race. Um, Robert Beeline's got Langer. Since everyone forgets him, particularly John Newsom. <laughs> uh, Matt Moran says, worth. Uh, th- th- we're talking here about, not necessarily for the win, we're talking here about your sort of dark horse. And Cam Worth, last time he was there, he performed pretty well. Uh, I did watch, I was on the train yesterday, watched him giving the Super League a crack in Malibu. Oh, yeah, how did he go? And uh, as predicted, not didn't good. go particularly well. Was If you didn't watch it, he was, I think, 40... 40 seconds behind out of the swim, 40 or 45 seconds behind out of the swim in a 300-meter swim. Uh, and I'm not laughing at him or anything like that no, because it's a different, it's race. Like, it's different level yeah. and good on him for having a crack. But interestingly, he didn't actually make up any time on the bike. In fact, he lost time on the bike as well. Oh, wow. um, but was it a pack thing? Uh, a, a little bit, but you're probably also just so smoked coming out of the swim. And it's just a different kind of riding. Like, he's a weapon, but there's a yeah, you know, riding four kilometres really fast as opposed to time trialling 180 k's is quite well, a different skill set. And if we flip it on its head, Hayden Wilde didn't do that great in the Collins Cup. Exactly. You know, so it's courses for courses. Um, good old Ian Scott's got Max Newman. Mm, good just, call. Just going back to Langer, 
is he a dark horse? Because uh, it's two time winner, and he hasn't done anything really. Oh no, no, that's sorry. He has done some good races. He's done. Yeah, didn't he do Germany? Uh, he's done Dallas and not Dallas, uh, Texas. He has had some good races, and he did exceptionally well and wrote last year. Yeah, but so far this year. Seen just I don't know. He always comes uh, in under the radar. Comes in and he's won it twice. I'll I'll break it on next week's show. I'm okay. picking him to win. Okay, there we go. You've already done it. Um, good old Bre- uh, Bradley Murphy's got Cartier. Colin Cartier. He's got Cartier. to be a dark horse. Yeah, definitely big call after. No, not such a big call after last week. Uh, yeah, Clive, Clive Asim says Joe Skipper. Sam Samuel Brown says Sanders to run the whole marathon. Um, and but Matt Orm says, well, one thing's for sure, it won't be Sanders. Mm, I reckon Sanders is going to go all right. Yeah, I don't think he can win it, but I think we're talking here dark horse for top five. We're not talking oh, okay, win sorry, here. Okay. We're oh, talking win. Well, that's not a dark horse. He hasn't done anything kind of. He's, he's had a second there, but since then it's been all downhill. But he's one of the top five. You know, he's top five win. pedigree. Mm. You know, uh, have you done Ian Banks? He's got if Lucy Charles shows up, which turns out she would, uh, then she will be a dark horse for a comeback from injury. For the men, Magnus Ditlev uh, would be a great chance. Not sure if he's a dark horse, but still first time, so should be considered. Yeah, I would again, you put Lucy Charles, hardly a dark horse. She's going to be leading the race. If she's not leading the race at Harvey, I'll eat my hat, Bevan. Wow, I've never seen you in a hat. Actually, I have seen you in a hat. Uh, she's obviously going to have a gigantic lead out of the swim, and then she is going to probably hold that, at least hold a big chunk of it, at least for the first 90k of the bike. After that, we'll wait and see, but, you know, again, wouldn't be at all surprising to see her leading off the um, bike. It's what happens on what the What about, the okay, matters. so what, what are your picks? I'll put down Sarah True, and again, not a massive dark horse. She's performed extremely well, but been away having a baby. And but I don't think she'll get talked about a huge deal. Um, but she had a great performance in uh, some seventy point threes and at uh, Lake Placid. So uh, she's my female. And on the men's side, I've just plucked one out, Denny Chevron, who Chevro, who does ex- runs some of the fastest marathon times. Um, I've put him down. He hasn't done anything in Kona before, but I'm putting him down. And then Max Newman, similar. He seems to race extremely well in Australia, but really hasn't done much outside of Australia. Had a couple of okay races, but if he races the way that he does in Australia over there, um, yeah, got top five potential. Who's who's someone like 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 a Ben Hoffman, like someone who's maybe a bit of a kind of longer in the tooth? But well, here's another one. I, I'm not I, I'm not picking him at all. But when you look back at last year's last time we raced over there, you know Tim O'Donnell. Yeah, you know, boy, didn't he, he pull off second? Yeah, and no one will mention him whatsoever. Again, that's three years, and he's towards the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, um, but that's what I mean. There's probably a dark horse which maybe back in the day there was a contender hmm. who. Maybe you know could pull off a top five like yeah. like a Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman and um, Tia they know how to do that race. Yeah, um, and if they if they carry the same sort of fitness that they had in those you know pre COVID times, could be contenders. But all the talk's going to be about the young guns coming through. You know, Ditlev and the Norwegians and so on. But um, sure, we're going to see a veteran get on there on that podium. Okay, we, one thing you have got here is that we're not. It wasn't our Facebook discussion, but it was last week be. it was supposed to be. Yeah, it wasn't. It was Dark Horse. No, we, I changed it. Oh, you didn't do the show notes. I just, I've probably done it beforehand. I know often do show notes beforehand. But um, the question was, should pro athletes that get lapped in the run be removed from the race? But it turns out this is a little bit harder than you think. Well, yes and no. So when uh, the reason I bring this up is what I was watching the Canadian Open and it gets a bit confusing when they start seeing athletes getting lapped going, 
who the hell is that person? Are they, are we, who are we passing here? And if you were Joe Bloggs, you're not going to have a clue. So on the bike, what they did instigate at um, this race, and they do it like Super League and so on, is if you're going to get lapped on the bike, See you later. you're out of there. Uh, and that's partly a, a safety issue and, and just sort of keeping things fair. So they did do that at the Do many US people Open. get... Uh, not a lot. Oh, in the Super League they do. Um, yeah, but no, but in, in this... In, in World Triathlon, no, not really. PTO? Uh, PTO? Uh, do they have that rule on the bike? No, They did. They did. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, no, there was a couple. There okay. was a couple. Yeah. But which is... Fair yeah, enough. Big deal. When you're racing big time, you're getting lapped. So, oh. But anyway, when I was watching the men's race, and I'm not um, pointing fingers at anybody, but I saw Sam Appleton getting lapped. Uh, he ended up finishing in 27th place, 15 minutes off the pace. So for him... You know, if you're if you're getting pulled from the course, you probably you're you're in that lowest tier of prize money anyway. So I totally ex- accept that those guys carry on. You've got to pick up your paycheck just to at least cover your expenses. So um, I'm not saying they should get pulled off the course and not get any money. But my suggestion is you get pulled off the course and you're placing at the time that's the money you get. So if you're sitting in 27th, that's the prize money you get. If you're sitting in 15th, that's the prize money you get. Uh, on the women's though, it's a little more tricky because um, I saw Tamara Jewett now, getting now lapped. Now I'm thinking if you get pulled up, wait a second, so, but what, that's a hard one, isn't it? No, it's wherever you, wherever you are, if, if, if you, 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 you set up some rule, when you're 100 metres, uh, you get inside 100 metres of the leading runner, boom, you're out, and whatever place you are at that time, that's but, where you get prize money. But what about people who could have passed you? Yeah, well, that's tough shit. You should have been faster. No, but the people behind you who could have passed you. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, but I suppose they would have been passed anyway. Yeah. yeah. But a little more tricky on the woman's side, and this is where it does get complicated, because I saw Tamara Jewett. She got lapped. She's obviously an exceptionally fast runner, but she ended up finishing in 16th place. Mm. So if you pulled her at the time she was getting caught, um, you should take away her opportunity. Gentle, yeah. You are taking away a bit of an opportunity for her to, to gain a bit more money. But my attitude on this is get faster. This is the creme de la creme of racing. Okay, but... And and if you're 15 to 20 minutes off the pace, you should be further up the road. And if you don't want to get taken off the course, get faster. But but so... It's not a development race. Uh, But you've got to play these strings. Like some people, you know, like she got 16th. Mm. That's not a bad... That's that's pretty good. Yeah, but you're still 15, 20 minutes off the pace. Like, sorry. So, but but if she passes everyone, should they be cancelled out as well? Like, it's like... Like, if you know you're not going to win the race... But you know you've got to kill a run in there. Mm. Why should they be to your disadvantage? Because you're too far off the pace. You've got to get well, faster. I, I get the bike. Why, why, why do we have to take people off the run course? Because it, uh, from a spectacle point of view, it just makes it confusing for people when you're watching it going, uh, like Ashley Gentle was running along with Tamara Jewett and you're thinking, oh, this is a bit of a tussle here, but actually she's 15, 20 minutes off the pace. And that's so, not being so, nasty to Tamara Jewett. No, no, totally. Like, so maybe there needs to be a rule that if you're getting lapped, you have to like pull aside for 20 seconds or something. But then you get confused with second place person and then you, the second place person will be running along going, oh. But uh, I think it's unfair to kill Tamara. No, I think she's, they've just got to get faster on the swim and the bike and just oh, make see, sure I, I, I think it's unfair for good runners. No, I disagree, you're wrong. She got 16. <laughs> she got 16. She should have got faster on the swim and the bike. So, no. It's, it's, the only thing is... So she gets pulled off on the, on the run. She gets 2,000 bucks. What did she order if she was 16th? Uh, yeah, she would have got more. She would have got 5,000 bucks more or something like that. Yeah. So, tough. it's a tough world. It's not a development race. You've got yeah, but to, she got 16th. Yeah. So she wasn't doing it. She wasn't last. Yeah. She wasn't an up-and-comer. She was 16th out of how many people? Yeah, but it's, she's a long way off the pace. Female, probably 30-odd, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. She, 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 she wasn't developing herself. She was competing, and yeah. 
And so how far is she off top ten? Uh, okay then. Okay, you can, okay. You're getting fired up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell well, you how I just far think off the pace it's, she it's, is. It's unfair on slow swim bikers. Yeah. Hold on. You know, like it's. Let's see how far off the pace. And we're not packing on tomorrow, Jerry. No, no, because I, 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 I want to keep her in the race, John. I, I do. Unlike not. someone I know. She is an absolute weapon on the she, she had the second fastest run split. Okay, so she doesn't get to do that now because John takes her out of the race. Yep. Uh, so she finished in 16th place and she did two hours, three hours 53. And so she was 16 minutes off the pace. But we were for top 10. Uh, top 10 was 3.49, so she was four minutes off the top 10. Okay, so she potentially, you know, wasn't, wasn't that far off the top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's two things here. Firstly, they should get pulled off the course. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, if they don't want this to be an issue, they need to make the laps a little bit longer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, that, you know, because that's also the thing is if you get a short lap course, mm. you're screwed. Mm. So I, I, I actually think that's the answer. Laps need to be a little bit longer, but then we get that spectator thing. Mm. Oh, it's well, compromised, John. And in Dallas, it wasn't really an issue, so maybe the laps could have been could have been a little bit longer. Yeah, totally. So I think there needs to be that happy meeting, but I'm not happy about people. Well, what's lapped. a fear lap? Um, I don't know. I think they were maybe they laps? did four laps in the run, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. So over 18 k's, mm. so it's about four and a half k. Mm. It was a good mess, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's unfair on an Ashley. Oh, tomorrow, sorry. I don't, but it's great. It's okay to do agree to disagree. Uh, I just think it's, it's I does, get it on the bike. It doesn't look good when you've got people getting lapped and they're running along, and it just looks it looks Mickey Mouse. So like someone like a Michael Johnson who's watching his first ever triathlon, he's like, "What the hell's going on here?" You I know? don't think he's that thick. Uh, well, I, I I disagree. If, if you're just a random, it's a commentator's job. Well, okay, pick someone else. My grandfather watching it. If he's going, well, what's that person doing there? They're on the course. Why are they getting lapped? They can't be that good. It's like either make the laps longer or you're off the course. And I go with you're off the course. I go with at least give them a chance for the runners. I'm backing the runners. If you're a runner, I'm backing you. Uh, anyway, we're going to eliminate them, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> John's quiz I'm quite question. passionate about this one. John's quiz question. How many people have been taken off course? Um, okay. <laughs> how, okay. The quiz question is how many athletes finished the last Ironman World Championship in 2019? So is this pro? No, just overall. I was just interested to know the actual Have size you, of the field. When I was doing this, I was going, 2019. Have you found the answer? Yeah, that's a long time ago. You're not meant to know the answer. But this time I do. You I've did forgotten last week as well. Oh, you've forgotten it already. I know roughly what it is. <laughs> it's convenient. <laughs> okay, John's next project. Uh, John's um, next project. So, so got an wait F- a second. Yeah. What happened with the 5K? If a failure. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did conveniently forget that. But if a failure. <laughs> so what happened? It basically ran similar. Well, it's, it's part, it's a complete failure, okay, so yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Okay, here's all the excuses. I get annoyed when people sugarcoat things. Uh, <laughs> it was an if a failure. It didn't do it. My, my goals were, from memory, I want to try to improve my time Sub-17 by Sub-17 was the goal. 16.40 was the A goal. Okay. Uh, and... I can't remember what the B goal was, but yeah, sub seventeen was sort of the the sort of acceptable goal. Okay, so you turn and, up a park run, and yeah, the last few weeks have been a bit shaky. To be to be fair, there's no excuses. It just was what it was. Yep. Uh, and yeah, turned off. It was again. It was good conditions. No excuses. Okay, no excuses. Had a few, there was a few few rabbits out there that I had to chase. Good. Um, no they'd, excuses. They'd gone back to the 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 summer course, which is slightly shorter. So even if I had done sub seventeen, it would have been a sub seventeen with an asterisk because it's about. How do you, how do you, Park run get this quarter wrong. 
I don't get course wrong. They have two courses. One they use over winter when it's a bit muddy, so you okay. just start and finish on the, the pavement. And this one, it's, it depends if the trees, I don't know if it's been well measured or not, but okay. it's about 14.9 to 14, 4.9 to 4.95. Okay. And, and that 50 metres makes a difference if you're yeah, going they, within seconds. Yeah. Uh, and took off on the first K. My watch was a bit out in the first K, and I knew after the first K, is like, <laughs> Today. that's not fast enough I feel, I feel pretty good but that's not fast enough and however what I will give myself some credit for is all these other park runs I've done I've piked a bit in the last K and I've said yep. should have dug a bit deeper there yep. and it could have got a bit quicker this time around I had my fast it was my fastest pace that I've done in any of these park runs on the last K and I beat the guy that I was running with so like, there was some, some good stuff there and overall this little project's got my running into gear my threshold pace is really good. 5K pace, not so good. Kind of know what I'm doing wrong. Just basically dropped out my endurance, which was a stupid thing to do in hindsight, but just the way that the weeks were sort of rolling. So okay. I needed endurance. That's so A for effort, performance, ultimately. Oh, no, I wouldn't give myself an A for effort. Okay. Okay. <laughs> my mind was wandering a bit in the middle stages of this run. I, yeah. So it was a, an A for effort in the last K. Yep. B minus for effort. Overall? Um, and, and overall, what was the time? Uh, about the same as last time. I think it was seventeen twelve or something like that. Okay. So, I ran quicker when I did the Canterbury ten k champs through five k. So okay. six weeks ago, everything was on schedule nicely. Didn't do such a good job in the last. Six good weeks. news is you're doing a project that's very similar to this one. Yes. You know, a fast Everest. That's what we're looking for. Well, no, I'm not going for. I'm going for completion Everest. Okay, so Everesting. Now we're going to go deep into this. A lot of us know what it is, but what is Everesting, John? Uh, so Everesting. If you want to know all about it, go to Everesting.cc. Um, there's quite a few stipulations, as you're going to hear from Terry later on, into making sure you do this correctly. So Everest is 8,848 meters. Although Terry said it's gained an extra meter, so you've got to get that extra meter. Um, there's quite a few key rules if you want to do this sort of legit. You've got to use the same climb every time and you've got to go up and down. So no loops, no figure eights, no up and over a hill and down the other side, turn around and come back. It's literally going up and down the same Strava segment or the same hill. Um, if the descent includes a little bit of a climb, um, that include that is included. You know, we're looking at total elevation. It's got to be one single activity. Breaks are okay, but no sleeping breaks. And you need to do full reps. So you can't go... Okay, I've done uh, 16 reps. Oh, I just feel like doing a half. I'm going to turn around and go back down and okay. then start again. Every rep's got to be a full one, obviously until your last one when you're just making up the distance. You can do this sort of stuff on Zwift, um, but today we're really going to be focusing on doing an outdoor one. If you do it on Zwift, you have to have a, your, your trainer resistance on 100%. Can't that do mean? it. So you um, well, you can kind of have this cheat system in Zwift for people that haven't tried this before, and it's kind of trying to mimic what reality is like. Okay. So 100% should mean that in theory, if you're going up a 10% climb on Zwift, it should 10%. be equivalent to doing a 10% ride okay. outside. Or if you struggle with that, you can change your resistance percentage down and oh, make it feel okay. easier. Um, so, But if you want to do it properly, you've got to have your trainer resistance on 100%. Uh, really important when you're doing inside ones that you have your correct weight in Zwift. And there's easy ways to do things, like you can get off your bike and you can go and have a shower between reps and your bike's just going to freewheel down. So there's e easy options, but in general, you want to make things as difficult as you can. Okay. 
but in terms of planning for outside ones. Yeah, so, so there's a few things to think about here. Right? So first, I imagine it's choosing the hill. So what do you do? Yeah, so it's quite difficult choosing a hill. Um, and yeah, we all live in different parts of the world with different types of hills and different gradients. Um, but selecting hill is, is a big deal. Now, wait, wait, before you, we're going to you look like the local hills here, are you thinking, obviously gradient's going to be an important part, mm-hmm. but are you also thinking time frame of the climb? Uh, well, you kind of you kind of limited a bit in that regard. So gradient's the most important thing, and you're going to hear from Terry later on, and his climb was really long. Yeah, you know, because it was basically ninety minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Whereas you know we've got some some options locally. You know, and this make what makes a big difference is getting that sweet spot between the distance you've got to cover in terms of the kilometres and the gradient. Mm. So a couple of examples here, like we've got a, a hill locally that is uh, 8.4% great gradient, and if I want to do that one, that makes the distance 205 kilometres. Um, if you went a little bit shallower... If you did it for 1.4k? Uh, well, regardless whether it was 1.4k, whether it was a 5k climb, okay. at 8.4%, you've got to do 205 kilometres of up and down. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you go for something a bit shallower, say about 7% average, then you've got to go 258 kilometres, so okay. an extra 53 kilometres. So it's quite significant, isn't it? Yeah. Then if you go really steep, um, we've got another one here, which is a 10.6% Is that your gradient. old house? Sorry? Where's that? Long Bay, uh, Long Bay Road is over near Akaroa. Okay. And then the distance comes down massively. You only have to do 151 kilometres, but you've got to deal with a shitload of And where's the sweet climb. spot? Well, I, I don't know, but I think about eight and a half to nine percent. Okay. Uh, if you start going over ten, then when you get tired, if you've got really easy gearing, it'll be okay. Um, but it just gets a little bit more difficult, I would imagine. Now you've got here. Wait, we'll talk about what you're going to do. So, okay. So then, what are you choosing within our local area? So I've got a climb called the Mount Pleasant Road um, up to the Summit Road and there's a little tack on um, to a place called John Britton Reserve which won't mean anything to anybody outside yeah. of Christchurch. You literally turn right and it's a couple hundred metres. Yeah, yeah. those little extra metres make a big difference. So I went and measured it uh, back in July and I think I cocked it up a little bit or well, my, my device has cocked it up because I've redone it recently and it matches up with what Strava says. But my, this climb is 4.85 kilometres long at an average of 8.2%. Uh, again, 397 metres of elevation. Um, however, when I went and checked it again, it was about 20 metres difference. Um, the climb that I'm doing is part residential, part sort of open road. The road surface is a bit mediocre in places, especially on the descent. Um, considerations for me, traffic, uh, shouldn't be too bad, no. but a bit of an issue. You know, you talked. We talked to Terry later on. His was completely quiet. Quiet. This climb here, yeah, it is a residential area for for yeah. half the climb. Um, a couple of bonuses that I've got on this one is the first half of the climb uh, has got lights because I'm going to be starting in the dark, um, and that helps also if you're going to be starting and finishing in the dark. And there's a toilet near the bottom, and I've got trees at the top. Because you got to think about little things no, like that. If you well, ever think about your 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 choices, the last bit's actually easy. The last bit's the easiest part yeah. of it. Yeah. You know, like you basically, John's, you basically kind of, it's kind of swirly up the hill mm. and then you kind of get out of the residential and then the, the last bit's actually a bit flatter. Mm. So if anything, they kind of peak to the tops a little bit easier. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, riding up there at 218 watts, which is what I did in practice, the climb takes me 29 minutes. Uh, if I go an extra 20 watts quicker, or harder, it takes off four minutes off the, the climb time with three and a half minutes. So I'm looking at around about 37 minutes for each um, interval. And I've got to do it 22.2 times. Jeez. 
That's a lot so Teddy, of times. So Teddy did a longer lap and he did nine, nine laps. But 22 times up this climb. Yeah, it is a long that's, time. <laughs> that's a lot. It's of, a lot of reps, isn't it? A lot of reps. You know, breaking down that mental reps thing, you know, get to 10. Yeah. To 20, you know, like it's... So yeah. 216 kilometres will be the total, uh, and at 218 watts, it would take me 13 hours and 22 minutes ride time alone without any stops. So I'm planning to have a stop every three reps, about every hour 45. To just and get and when you say a stop, how long? Like five, just 10 minutes? fill up the bottles and, and carry on going, yep. and then have a longer break, probably every sixth rep, so r- roughly every sort of three and a half hours or so. So when I factor all that in, it's going to take me uh, 14 to 15 hours time, um, um, but one thing that Terry mentions later on as well is getting having a look at your devices and That's measuring key, eh? is key. Because it, like if your device cocks up like two thirds into it, game over. Oh, and also just making sure the elevation's correct. So the first time I went and measured this climb, 397 metres, um, and I thought this is a bit odd because it's staying on Strava and it's staying on other things that should be about 420 metres. When I went and did it a couple of weeks ago, I got 417 meters of elevation the difference that makes is a whole rep which is going to be you know that's about 45 or well, yeah 40 ish minutes now you have to 22.3 reps basically hmm. so do you do like i was saying you have to do complete laps but on that last lap do you do just to get to do to just to, to the point you get to the to the point on, so only on the last lap it, okay like Terry says later on, I'm definitely going just a little bit over. Yeah, of course. Just to make sure yeah. that you get now, it. Now, how are you making sure your tech's going to be fine? So I've got uh, a new, fairly new Garmin yeah. um, that I got over in Kona this year. So that's got really good battery life. Um, so I'll be 14 using, hours. Sorry? 14 yeah, hours. Yeah, but I'll put it on battery save mode. So then when you do that, if you've never used that before, it makes your screen go blank. Okay. And that will last, it should last really easily. Um, but the downside of that is I won't be able to, unless I click the button, I won't be actually seeing what I'm, what yeah. the power I'm climbing at. Uh, so I'll have that, and then I'll have my um, Sunto watch, and that's got good battery life. Yep. Um, so I'll have that as my backup, and I may well have a third backup I, as well. I, I think you must. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like to me, because that's the, that's the one weakness of this whole challenge, isn't it? You're relying on tech. tech yeah. And let's be honest, tech can be pretty inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. So it's like I would I would definitely back up for third. And I'm just Because you've got to start them all at the same time, don't you? It's not like yeah. you're going to go, oh shit, it's cocked up now. You I'll can't, go to this you device. can't sort of merge files yeah. together. Uh, and I just haven't invest- I've never investigated before whether you can charge your Garmin when it's being on used. being used or not. Yeah, if you had like a, like a, a, a battery. battery pack or something yeah. like that. So somebody will be able to tell me that. Yep. Um, yeah, so to ch- d- double checking your info or your data several times through, because yeah, for me, that's going to make. You know, 45 minutes difference and one less rep is going to be greatly appreciated. So 22.2 reps. When the, the the revised data comes in, it's twenty one point two. So uh. yeah, so looking looking good on that front. One less rep to do. Uh, what else was I going to say about Calculator. this? Nutrition and um, uh, location nutrition. Terry had some good points you'll hear about. I'm actually going to park the car at the top of the climb rather than at the bottom. So then you can kind of refuel at the top, roll down the hill, turn around, and just get straight back into it okay. rather than stopping at the bottom. And um, also down the bottom there's a bit. Mm, but it's a bit mediocre. Yeah. Mm. Although you got a little bit around the corner. Mm. Yeah. Uh, other things you want to factor in that I'm certainly thinking about is the the weather. So I've given myself a two or three day window to do it. Nice. Uh, it's going to be in the middle of summer. So whilst it's going to be what warm, time will you start? I'm going to look at starting at three thirty in the morning. Probably. Oh, okay. Really early. Um, I'd rather be start early, finish early, and finish at like you know 
in the day five ish or something like that and be able yeah. to have some dinner and, and drinks and stuff than finishing at like nine o'clock and just going to bed because yeah. you'd be pretty wired so yeah. uh so thinking about the weather um i give myself a little window thinking about the wind and the heat i don't want to be doing this in the rain especially on a slightly sketchy descent um traffic is a really important consideration and something that does give me a bit of grief about the the, the route that i've changed uh, chosen because when you start getting tired and you've got residential traffic coming and down your the route's hill, nice to see but it can get pretty quick yeah. You've got to be pretty careful. Just, yeah, you know, a few manhole covers yeah. and things like it's that. Not, it's not the best road. Uh, you want to make sure you've got access to toilets. So if you're going to do this on a residential street um, or residential hill that's you know fully residential, where's your closest toilet? Because you yeah. will need that. And pacing, um, how I'm going to pace it is roughly three watts per kilogram or a little bit over that. Um, so uh, you know, as you hear from Terry, similar to a sort of Ironman effort. Um, and I'm going to... Hopefully, have a little bit of company um, along the way as well. Bevan, how will, you Bevan do that? will be out there and come, come do a lap. Come and do um, and, and how will you actually plan that quite strategically in terms of like getting people come along? Yeah, later on, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I've got no no dramas. The first uh, first five yeah, or six I'm not hours going three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have too many takers <laughs> for that. So, if you want to give give everything a crack, well, question. No, but what about training? Training, uh, well, I'm going to be doing Epic Camp in October, so it's okay. going to be my start of my preparation. But yeah, I'm not going to prepare super specifically for it. I will be doing some hill reps, like on Tuesday, for example, I come up to Bevan's place for the podcast, and then that day will be a hill rep day. And then, yeah, I'll do some, um, some definitely, certainly do some simulation rides, maybe do, you know, a few thousand metres of climbing and, and practice a bit. Probably going to avoid climbing the actual climb I do too much, just so you don't. And you know it anyway. Yeah, you know it anyway. You know, it's, not, it's not like it's a new one to you. So, yeah, that's going to be it. Something, my next little project to think about. So, I guess if you want to come along and do it in Christchurch, 27th, 28th of December. Oh, you can to do it for someone else? Oh, people can come. I'm not organising anything for anybody on this one. Yeah. If you want to come and do it, feel free. There are a couple of others that are going to be out there on the day, but I'm certainly not planning on riding it with those. I think yeah. it's this, this thing has got to be you're doing it at your own pace. Yeah. And if people want to tack along and ride along and chat next to you, that's fine. But yep. I'm not uh, trying to keep up with anybody or waiting for anybody. Well, good stuff is we've actually got Terry Bassidy. Terry Bassidy, yep. I did pretty well there. Um, did a little secret and he actually did it recently as well. So we thought we can get him on the show to give a bit more insight on how to Everest. Here he is right now. Righto, team. Uh, so you heard earlier in today's show about uh, my plans to do some Everesting, and that's all kind of hypothetical because uh, I haven't actually done it yet. Um, but one man who has done it before, been on the podcast before, I think probably on, on Epic Camps, as uh, Terry Dirty Little Secret Bessardy. He's done Everesting. He's uh, recently did a sub-10 hour Ironman at Ironman Hamburg. He's a coach and past Epic Campus. So welcome back to the show, Terry. Yeah, thanks a lot, John. Thank you very much, Reverend. Thank you. So it's good. Like what um, you know, everybody gets inspired by different things, whether it be to do an Ironman or whatever. You've done, you've ticked quite a few of those boxes. Um, what 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 was the appeal about going and doing Everesting? Um, so just to give a bit of the background, actually, in, um, so in 2019, I participated in a, in a charity event. Uh, it's actually a Dutch charity called uh, Alp du Zes. And they do it um, in the on the Alpe d'Huez uh, in France. And the goal is to do as many as you can. You have a time limit, but some people do it go up once. But the goal is to aim for six uh, climbs. Um, and a friend of mine had done it the previous year, and uh, he told me, "Right, you absolutely have to come. It's amazing." I said, "Right, why not? Let's let, let's do it." And it was a great preparation. Actually, uh, I did it the same year that we did. Um, uh, the epic camp 
And yeah. so it was it was kind of part of the preparation as well for, for Epic Camp to do something quite quite epic. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was a great atmosphere. Um, and I found eventually that actually going up and down six times Al Duez wasn't that difficult. I mean, there was a lot of, there were bands, there were a lot of people. So that was, I just had a really, really good time. And um, that's how kind of I, I got inspired to do this sort of ultra cycling um, in a way. And obviously, in uh, I participated at the Epic Camp you just mentioned um, in the Pyrenees. That gave me quite a bit of a confidence boost, let's say, as well as a fitness boost. But at the time, for sure, a huge confidence boost that I, I could do these sort of big challenges. And obviously, in uh, 2020, COVID happened. Um, most of the events got cancelled. I, I was signed up to do Ironman Hamburg, you just mentioned, that mm -hmm. I eventually did in 2022. <laughs> But um, um, all of a sudden, you had to be creative and find organize your own events, and that was that was what happened to me. So, in, in terms of planning, you know, I've, I've sort of discussed earlier in our show some of the things I've been thinking about. Um, so, in terms of your planning, you know, how, how much detail did you go into, and, and what did it kind of involve? Um, to be very honest, not a huge amount. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's just that I, there's a local climb uh, where I live, about 15 minutes ride away, and it's quite iconic. Like most most um, cyclists will do it um, on a regular basis. It's called uh, La Barriette. It's a 12 and a half kilometer climb, and nobody had done it before. Uh, the Everest oh, right. on yeah. that climb. So a, a big motivation for me was to be the first one to do it. You know, yeah. so. Kind of putting the flag on the top of the hill <laughs> if you want. Um, so um, the, the planning was was a bit all over the place, honestly, because the it was COVID times in Switzerland. We didn't we had quite we didn't have strict regulations, but we weren't really allowed. We were allowed to go out, but it was recommended not to. Mm -hmm. So I think my first outdoor ride of the year was probably um, in May or something like that. So just six weeks or eight weeks before the before the event, um, and um, all of a sudden everything you know everybody was allowed to 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 go out. Um, the, there was no more recommendations to stay indoors, and I thought, okay, sweet, I'll, I'll do it. But in that time, I don't know if you remember, but with with COVID, that's really where everything, I think, took a big. Uh, it, it became a lot more popular around the world, and you heard of everything attempts all over. And I thought, oh, I've got to get this one done because if I don't do it, someone else will, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, so that was really the. Um, so the planning training wise, I mean, I was, like you said, I was preparing for an Ironman. So I had the base and I just had to carry on that base basically. And then keep on, keep on training regularly. I don't think I trained differently. Honestly, it's just, just, it was just a really long day. It's basically like an Ironman, but without the swim and the run, honestly, mm. um, we did your, you, we, you did your, your challenge, you know, the 30, 30 rides in 30 days. Yeah. So, all, all these, I participated in that, and I think the final one was the the mega pretzel where we did a, yeah. a lunch ride, and I finished at two a.m. because obviously with the time differences. But all these things really helped, you know, to keep the consistency of training, and um, that was it. You know, I picked a day, quite a long day. It was mid middle of June or end of June, and uh, off I went. Really, that, in terms of planning logistically, that that was it. 
It's just with the hill you chose, obviously there was a bit of an appeal because being the first, it's local. Um, yeah. But was it was it a good choice in hindsight or what were the pros and cons of the of the the course that you selected? So, yeah, so that's definitely the, the it was an, it's an iconic climb for us. So I really wanted to be the first one. The downside is that it's quite a technical climb. Okay. So on the downhill, it's it's quite tricky. And on the day, the weather wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So you have a bit, you know, you don't have gravity parts, but you know, you have the, the gravity part, which is washed off from, from the side of the road. So you can't just bomb it downhill and relax. You have to be really focused. So that, that's something that was a bit the down, downside of, of that, the attempt on that particular climb. Um, so you didn't, you didn't get the mental relief as well. What did you? Correct. So you yeah. really have to stay focused, otherwise it could be quite dangerous. And it's yeah. it's a long climb. I mean, um, if you, if you I did it around between an hour, an hour and ten each time. So you can imagine, you know, twelve and a half k up. That's twelve and a half k down. It's it's quite long. You can get cold. Uh, so you have to carry with you the you know gloves or a jacket or something that you put on the downhill. Um, and yeah, the, the technical aspect of the downhill wasn't wasn't it wasn't great. Luckily, I had disc brakes already at that time. I had a new bike. Um, so something I definitely recommend people to getting, depending on what choice of climb they, they, they do. So when, when it comes to actually doing it, um, what, what was your plan and, and, and did things kind of go to plan in terms of pacing and, and effort and so on? Yes. So I had a, I targeted pretty much sort of Ironman pace, sort of Ironman effort, because obviously you go up and then you relax on the way down. So nothing too too difficult, let's say. It's just something that you can keep pretty much um, all day. Um, the, the climb, I was aiming to go between an hour and an hour 10 on the way up, thinking I'd have about 20 minutes on the downhill and about 10, 15 minutes um, to, to rest in between, you know, refill the water bottle or um, take a jacket, have a sandwich, you know, just a little bit of, of, of downtime. So that, that was my plan was to kind of have turns of an hour and 45 ish, um, which, which I was pretty much on target. Um, but it's obviously you feel great at the beginning and, and you turn mm -hmm. it very quickly. Uh, but then you quickly realize that the brakes are getting longer and longer <laughs> in between. <laughs> so, um, but, but that, that was the plan. So I had to do nine. So the climb I had was, um, 981, uh, meters. Cause, cause I mean, I'm not sure if the rules have changed, but you have to pick a Strava segment. Um, and from that segment, you have to you have to do that segment uh, basically you know the elevation eight thousand eight hundred and forty eight uh, or nine now apparently um, <laughs> divided by yeah so you have to be careful to make sure you go an extra few meters <laughs> yeah just to, just to give you a few years uh, for, for your attempt to qualify um, and then divided by the number of uh, you know the, the elevation of your climb and that for me it was nine times which you know it is it's quite. It's quite impressive when you think about it um, altogether because you do it once or twice, but you know nine times. Um, mentally, was for me the challenge much more about the mental side of it rather than the the, the physical aspect. I would say. When, when was the hardest moment? You know, because obviously when you get to that last lap, you know you're there. So mentally, yeah. when, when were the hard points for you throughout it? So. 
so it's funny because a lot of people are telling me, oh, the one before the last was could be could be the worst one. And I thought, mm. no, actually, that was my favorite one because I, I knew I only had then my final one, which I mm. already, like you said, your final one is is the, the relief, is the end. So actually, the one before, I thought, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I'm almost there. The, the, um, I had friends uh, supporting me as well a little bit. I had one, one uh, friend who, who joined with me for three three right uh, climbs in the morning so he did three already and then he joined me for the final one um uh, in the evening actually he, if he had done a little bit more he would have qualified for a base camp which is half the <laughs> oh, Everest thing. Really? so yeah. i i only knew this <laughs> the day after but <laughs> I, I joked a bit about him with that yeah that kid did to yourself <laughs> yeah he could have done just a little bit more um so for, for me the first three really went very very quickly it was just, uh, you know, you're with a friend, you chat, um, but it's, you know, it's still almost six hours of riding. You know, you're like, yeah. it's quite a, or a bit less, you know, I say five hours, but it was quite a, it went really quickly. Then, then he went away and I was on my own and I still had six to do. Um, and number four, five were okay, just a bit slower, but you know, you're, it's the first one to do on your own. So you can listen to music, podcast, something like that. Um, and then it starts to get a little bit boring, honestly, you know, because you start to know your climb pretty well. Um, and I already knew the climb very well. Um, but I think it was number, the number six and seven. Um, I think, I think they were, they were, they were just really, really horrible moments. Just <laughs> not physically. It's just that you're like, oh, you're just drained mentally mm. to go up again. I even remember putting music and I just, I actually, I couldn't listen to music anymore. It's just, it's just, you know, it becomes annoying in your ear. So mm. that was the top of that really middle part, not necessarily middle, but the end of the, the, yeah, the first, the last third, if you want, the beginning of the last third of the, mm. the attempt. And, but then, you know, you recover, you have ups and downs. Um, and yeah, climb number eight, I felt all of a sudden I was feeling great again. And, uh, like I said, I just, I just, I knew I only had after that only one. And the last one, I had uh, four four friends joining, and we just rode up all together, and um, that was really 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 nice. Do Do you think it's massively dissimilar to doing an Ironman if you were to do one just by yourself, like going and doing a solo Ironman? Uh, I yeah, it's a tough question. I I think if you just wanted to do it by yourself with no not talking to anyone or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that that's quite difficult, I would say, because in an Ironman, it, you, you mean an Ironman competition or just no, an Ironman? No, just, just like a, a solo, a solo yeah. Ironman. If you were going to go and I've never tried that, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think they will be probably both equally challenging. I would say physically, for sure, the Ironman would be, is much tougher. Yeah. Um, but I think mentally, to just go on the same climb again and again. That that's quite. I think I think it's it's tougher mentally and, because it's just the same sport. Yeah, and the thing with an Ironman, if you're doing that, you can always just walk, and you're still going ahead. Whereas if you're doing it on the bike, yeah. you've got to get up the gradient. There's no yeah, there's no sort of easy easy way out. Um, exactly. How did you sort of do your, your nutrition and and sort of set up aid stations and things like that? So I um, I set up my car basically at the at the bottom of the the climb. Um, it's which is you know I think 50 meters from the from the start of the climb there's a there's a car park 
Uh, funny enough, actually, the start of the climb is a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a car park, there's a fountain and everything. Uh, and you, you start the, the, the climb. Uh, so I left my car with all the, the some food, um, spare clothes. Um, you know, I had a spare bike in case, just some tools, a pump. You know, anything that you could potentially have. I probably didn't use any of it, but it's just always nice to have in case something goes wrong. Um, Food-wise, I just relied more on normal food um, because, you know, you get quickly bored of the energy drinks and gels. I I, I had energy drinks. I think I was um, mixing between sometimes an energy drink, sometimes the the, the Yukan, the normal sugary ones, or just, just water eventually. Um, but you do want to be as light as you as you can really going up. Mm. But because I also had a descent, you know, you also have it's more an hour and a half rather than an hour. So if you drink, you know, let's say you know a bottle every forty five or an hour, you need more because you go up there and you have nothing. So I normally take a bar and I probably have a bar or something at the top, and then I descend, have like a sandwich. I've made some um, um, almond butter sandwich with a bit of jam, things like that. Like just just regular, regular food, because otherwise, you know, it took me 15 or 16 hours to do it. So um, it's a long day to just have on on, um, on on energy gels and things like that. How long did you stop at each point? Like at the top, how long did you wait and how long did you kind of generally did you stop at the bottom? Oh, I just, I just took a picture, like pointing how many, you know, with a, a little <laughs> selfie or a yeah. photo, how many I've done, and that was it. I just uh, stopped a, a minute yeah. max. That's it. Just go up, cross the. You make sure you cross the segments. You always go a bit further, and then and then and then come back. Um, that was it. I, I don't think I stopped more than, than a few minutes. Okay. Yeah, I think you had a few sort of learning moments out there in terms of tips and advice you'd give to people. You know, I think you had some uh, battery challenges and things like that. So, what's some some of the advice on on things that you learnt um, through the day that others might benefit from? Um, yeah. So the. The biggest challenge of the day and potentially the, the um, catastrophic moment was when my Wahoo uh, head unit just collapsed, stopped working. Uh, so I, but I had, I had a backup. I went with us. I had my Garmin watch as well with me. So I had two, two devices, two de- I think I even had a third one. I think a friend of mine even lent me his Garmin uh, GPS. So I had three, I think actually. Because uh, you just you just want backup because if something fails and you have not you know cause the only way to prove it is if you if it's if it's on Strava <laughs> yeah. so it's as simple as that because uh, the way you submit your events you go on you go on I mean I don't know maybe it's changed now but you just select a, a Strava file which segment it is and they just calculate automatically so um, my my I think it's because my my phone ran out of battery. And the phone and the Wahoo are quite linked together. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, to, to change the Wahoo settings and that, you need your phone. So the moment my phone died, the Wahoo head unit died. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was on, on the descent. Uh, I think it was the, the one before the last, something like that. Um, and um, yeah, just before going up the, the last one. And I then, okay, catastrophic. I try to recover it. It just doesn't start. Nothing to do. <laughs> luckily, luckily, I have the watch which was recording the attempt. The only problem is the watch had about 300 meter less elevation than the Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't sound like much, but, you know, 300 meters is potentially 3K at, 
you know, 10% and let's say the average was about not. So, you know, it, it could be an extra 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and it's just not the extra thing you want to have. So I had to do it like nine and a half times rather than nine times. Let's say. Yeah. But, uh, that was, that was definitely, um, mm-hmm. something that was, I definitely recommend people to get a second way of, of, of measuring your, your efforts. Excellent. Um, any other challenges you kind of had out there that um, that sort of snuck up on you, or or any other sort of advice you'd give to other people? Um, so, I mean, overall, like, like I said, I think the, the mental preparation for me is key. I mean, um, I, I've learned a lot from that that chat, from that uh, experience. Um, I have I use now tools a bit like visualizations and things like that, or, or a bit of you know, kind of not meditation, but just kind of resting a little bit to just anticipate what the effort or the, the, the hard moment is going to be. So I'd really suggest to people to just really practice a few, you know, mental exercises that they can do because you will find yourself in quite a dark spot and you just want to quit so many times, but you have to keep on going. But very similar to an Ironman, I guess, the marathon at the end. Um, but it's just so long and, and, and boring in a way because you're on your own most likely. Um, I don't know what, where, where your event will be, if it's a busy climb or not, but mine, mine I, I barely saw anyone on the day, mm. any other riders, because I did it on a Friday, I think it was. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't speak to anyone for, a, for, for almost a few hours. So you go crazy, really. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you've got to be ready for those moments. Um, I would say just bring, like I said, with food to, to bring all sorts of food because you, you don't really know what you're going to want. You know, you're going to crave something. You better have different options, not necessarily rely on, on one single type of food, unless of course you're going for performance and which is, which is a different mm. uh, training and planning. Um, for, for me, it was more about completion and, and rather than, than competition. Um, I just wanted to get it, get it done, have fun doing it, but not like kill myself going up the, up the climb. Um, and, to the point to not go too hard obviously on climb one and two was super fresh but by the end it's really really difficult so i had kind of set myself some 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 boundaries like i said it was more ironman pace maybe slightly above at the beginning and then kind of lowering to ironman to then a little bit lower than ironman <laughs> pace. so my target was about 220 230 watts uh per climbs i think i did yeah 240 240 233 226 then in the 210s 200s at the end so fades off a little bit but it didn't fade off too much and uh, what's what's your weight so what's your weight so people know power to weight uh on the good days, let's say 70, <laughs> 71 72 kilos yeah. cool yeah mm-hmm. um and um yeah p- potentially as well bring extra clothes so, you know, it's a long day on the saddle. So uh, bring some uh, shiny cream or an extra bit pair of bib shorts or even just normal shirt. It's just nice. It feels more refreshed. I would say to, to bring some, some uh, definitely like, you know, depending on the weather, if you have wind or for me, for example, it's really strange. I had a bit of rain. I had a bit of wind. So, and you don't go hard-ish. So you can get quite cold eventually, mm-hmm. especially on the descent. Mm-hmm. For me, at the top was about it's fifteen uh, one thousand five hundred and fifty meters of elevation, so it's it's quite high up there. Especially that so that first part of the descent can be quite cold, especially if you've just gone up 
you know, you're, all, you're warm and then you go downhill straight away, it can be quite cold. So to have the, the ideally, if you could, is to have someone at the top with <laughs> extra stuff as well, or like a little, uh, you know, with food or something that you don't have to carry. It sounds like a job for a 15 year old. And then, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, the, the choice, like we mentioned before, the choice of the client for me was a no brainer, but you know, if you if you have the luxury of, of if you just want to do it to doing the Everest and, and the choice of climb doesn't really matter, then I would say going for a climb where the descent is um, is is um, an easier, not so technical, where you can really relax and potentially go even faster. Because um, obviously, for me, the descent is, was super slow. It was really slowing me down compared to a, a very straight, a lot of bends and everything. So that's that's quite difficult. Um, and for sure, uh, well, the bike, the bike choice as well. You want a bike which is quite. You want to take this bare minimum on the bike. You don't want to carry anything extra. I would, for me, it was super. The, the disc brakes was, you know, get a game changer compared to the pads. You know, because you, it's it's safer and it can you know you can relax a little bit more. Um, and um, last thing I would say to really read the everesting rules very carefully. Just to make sure that your event qualifies, you know. So the procedure, I think, and you don't have to announce it, but you know, you you gotta record it the proper way. Make sure that you cross the segments. So for sure, know where the segment starts and ends, because if you don't get that segment, you know, obviously it doesn't doesn't count. I mean, I don't know how strict they are, but mm. I always went an extra probably two hundred meters either way. Just to be hundred percent sure that the the you know because sometimes you could have if you take a break I don't know your your I don't know if the, the GPS um, isn't as great and you start again and you don't pick it up again so um, yeah I just wanted to make sure that every single um, Strava segment is picked up. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Um, a couple of random questions because you've done done well recently at Ironman, um, and you've, you know experienced your coaching and stuff as well. Um, so this is some of the questions we randomly ask some pros. What do you What do you eat on race morning for breakfast? Uh, so I've been experimenting quite a bit, but I mean, um, for me, it's something that actually now it's just something very simple. Um, and for me, what works really well is just a bread a piece of toast or or or, or bread with um almond butter and mm. a bit of jam on top so that's a probably a couple of toasts almond butter i'm allergic to peanuts so i can't have peanut butter yeah uh, so almond butter with a and, and a jam uh and a couple of espressos and that's it what, what about what about during the race what's your what's what during the race uh during the race so the last so i used to take um lots of like different gels and things like that but now i'm just relying pretty much 100 percent on uh liquid just drinks so i'll put double dosage of um energy drink um, and i'll make a syrup in one bottle of basically i account how many hours i'll take on the bike i'll put every sort of like a very syrupy texture in one bottle and then i can put it refill it in my um hydration system uh, each time so um that's just liquid on the bike basically so just no solids no gel no no bars um and on the run i'll um there i'll probably switch to a couple of gels that they had the morton gels on the on the course um and red bull and coke basically so the first 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 half first half is gels and water 
Second half is just anything. Get me wired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a question that I asked, so I don't even know why I ask it anymore. Uh, wax or shave your legs? Or nothing? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, so I shave, but I've recently purchased one of those machines that you that basically does the laser. I don't know if Ooh, you've heard about yes, this one. Yeah. So And it works quite well. So hopefully less shaving, but more. Uh, so it's a bit painful, but um, it does last quite long. So uh, that's it. But normally you shave, yeah. Do you use any facial moisturizer products? No. No, I don't. I probably up. should, but I, yeah. but I don't. Yep, no, I'm told we're not getting any younger. We're not getting any younger. And what's, <laughs> what's have you done a, a, a fresh marathon, as in, you know, trained up for a marathon, and how does that compare to your fastest Ironman time? Well, it's a, it's a good question because um, in about, in one month, I'm doing a marathon um, oh. in Lausanne. It's just not a, it's the difficult one because it's quite, it's quite up and down. Um, I'm aiming to go sub three. I I think I could. I think I can do it, but I've never had that preparation. So I think if I my normal my my Ironman my best Ironman I think time in a marathon was I think three three thirty. That was in Hamburg. Yeah, three thirty. Um, but I think if I really train well for a marathon, I'll just go. Oh, it's a tough question. I'll let's say I'll first want to break. Three, so I'll yeah. go for around two fifty five. That's two fifty five three. But I think if I did a solid preparation, just running, I could probably run around four minutes per k. Probably so that's what two forty six eight. Two forty eight. Two forty nine. Always got to remember the last two hundred meters. It's not forty two k's. It's forty two point two. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Let's say two two fifty. Two fifty. Awesome. Okay. Well, no, thanks yeah. for sharing that. I mean, uh, yeah. I know there's lots of other people out there that will be looking to do everything at some stage in their life. So I was yeah. thought I'd share my planning yeah. ideas, your experience, and then uh, come December the 28th, we'll see how it all matches up, which is when I'm going to do it. So thanks very uh, much. How long, is your, how long is your hill, the, the climb going to be? Uh, I've got to do 22.1 reps of a climb. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, it's uh you'll listen to the show earlier on and you will uh, you'll hear okay. about it but it's um, yeah. yeah it's not not the perfect climb but it's uh the best that i can do so yeah cool thanks oh, so much for your time terry that was well, awesome. thank you guys and uh just want to take the opportunity to thank you guys for everything you're doing um the podcast i mean i've been listening to years now um i think since 20, 2009 i think i started yeah. listening that's when that's when i started triathlon um, I just looked on on the podcast, Triathlon Podcast, you came up and I've been basically hooked um, ever since. So thank you so much for what you guys do. It's a great show. Um, it's just always, I can't, for me, it's, it comes out always on a Tuesday morning. So um, it's just can't wait for my Tuesday morning fix. And yeah. I obviously attended the uh, the, the Challenge Award in uh, 2017. Yeah. Uh, as you guys know, that kind of put me on a, on a different path of my yeah. life. Basically, the day I came back from the camp, quit my job, and set up my own business. In sports. <laughs> that's um, that's really you know without the camp, without you guys, your experience, your and your love for the sport and the, the enthusiasm, I, I wouldn't have done that. Basically, um, and yeah, in 2019 again, Epic Camp in Pyrenees was just um, probably one of the achievements of, of sporting achievements of my life. I mean, it was just. An amazing time. So thank you, John, for putting these camps. I look, I look forward. I know you. I know. Unfortunately, I can't make the challenge water next year. I would love to do it, but 
hopefully an, an epic camp in the future. Uh, Terry's wow. got the claim to fame of uh, winning the only ever uphill epic camp race where we had an elimination race where every, I think it was every 500 metres or every kilometre, somebody, kilometer. somebody from yeah. the group got eliminated. And uh, it, was a, it was an interesting race. I'm pretty sure you took that out, didn't you? I did. I beat you in the, in the, <laughs> in the final. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I was quite surprised about. But um, I will remember that moment very for a very long time. But I'll also remember the next fifty kilometers where I <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gone, and I'll remember as well the whole time it was with um, Dave, you know, from Dave from uh, Australia, and I, I saw him in Andorra at this you know um, petrol station. And he had an ice. He said was having an ice cream, and I was like, all right, I'm having that as well. <laughs> and, uh, so we um, we shared our suffering. I, I paid a, a hard price uh, after that. <laughs> yeah, uh, good time. Great, great memories. Yeah, awesome, mate. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, guys. Jumbo, your thoughts? Yeah, no, he had a, a nice climb to do. No, a long climb. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Are you better off to do 22 or nine? Uh, I reckon somewhere in the middle. Not that you want to sit on the fence, but I were uh, uh, the climb that he did. That's quite a long, t- yeah. t- quite a long climb. So I, uh, in my l- at least you're getting more relief. Mm. You know, you're kind of getting a bang relief, bang relief, where it's mm. his climb, but then it's descent's a lot longer. Mm. So certainly, I think it's hard to find that perfect climb. Mine is far from perfect. Um, Why didn't you do like a hackthorn? Just too uh, steep, too too steep, and and you've got an intersection to yeah, cross over. And it's busy, uh, and there's cars, and not quite long enough as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go into Wonger of the week. week. We've got a bit of a legend here. Good old Jordan Blanco. She is. Well, she's just a bit of an icon in the game, isn't she? She is. So she did Epic Camp New Zealand when we did the length of New Zealand a long, long time ago, uh, and she was plucked out of this week's. Uh, Wangers of the week. I've just got to log into my Strava. Tell me what, she's good at photos. I think she was number. She did um, Road with us as well, didn't she? She did the Road Camp, yep. Um, and no doubt she will be over in Kona. Come on. She's got good photos. It looks like she's somewhere beautiful. And she's been, okay, I'll talk about it because John's mucking I'm just, around. I'm just so it looks like she's been doing consistent training all the way. She had a bit of a quieter month in July, but I tell you what, early March, she was doing the yards mm-hmm. big time. She's, if we look at a marathon time, it's, it's estimated she's like a 14 in the marathon. She's done a, a 141 and a half. Looks for a 5K for a 814. That's a, a pretty good time if that's, is that accurate. Um, what else? She's, Very strong on the bike. Uh, is she? So, yeah, she was 64th on our rankings last week. 14 hours and 30 minute, 34 minutes of training from 11 activities. One hour, 24 of swimming. Nine hours, 23 on the bike. Three hours, 46 of running. And she, she's the nine times Kona qualifier. That's a great achievement. It is. There you go. Lovely uh, too, really nice person. And you she's know. based over in San Francisco, and I'm sure she'll be over in Kona. And she's with the Olympic Tri Club, Win Republic, nine times Kona qualification qualifier. So, Jordan Blanco, you are our Wanger, Wanger of, the of the week. week. Okay, we've got a few questions and answers. Questions and answers. answers. We've got a great email through from Sean, Sean Bond. Big, big Dipper, I think he is. Okay, well, he's just saying he basically talking about the PTO follow up and why no one showed up to the race. So, basically, first, uh, the age group race was fantastic, and every triathlete should do the race. It's half the price, and you get twice as much as most other races. It was the most organized and well run race that I've ever been to. Wave starts with big gaps, so no drafting. Grandstand finish with long red carpet, 
um, Jombo Thrawn TV with Karen Smyers calling you in. Great venue with free parking, expo, start line, finish, transition, spectator seating, all within one minute's walk. Completely closed off bike course with two auto lanes for the bikes. You also had entire auto lane for passing other bikes. That's good, isn't it? Mm. Um, tons of volunteers and police support. Normal post-race food plus additional free barbecue, text med and beer at the finish line. The reason why no one showed up. No one in Dallas knew about it. I only knew it was going on because I listened to your show. Wow, that's fascinating. I got a little pre-local race buzz advertising as none of my tri-friends even knew about it. Now that's where it's disappointing, isn't it? Mm. So like, you know, you get the locals wouldn't know about it, but your triathlon community, that's mm. a bit of a problem. Uh, very few local triathletes even knew or did it. PTO race was put on the same weekend as a long-standing local triathlon, the Disco Man, and running race to Tour de Fleurs. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So they put on the same weekend as that. The heat influenced the crowd attendance for both the pro and the heat index was over 100 degrees or 38 degrees um, Celsius for both races. The 100K amateur race was originally scheduled to be just to in just before the start of the pro race but with the, they cut the amateur race short by about a half to a third and it finished two hours early which meant there was a several hour gap between the start of the pro race and the finishes of the spectator race um the May, male pro race started at almost the same time as the dallas cowboys nfl game which was a home game which drew a hundred thousand local fans those attended the nfl games those, those not, not attending, attending yeah the nfl games were watching it on tv and their nice cool home apartments. I'm questioning how financially viable this race is due to the lack of fan amateur support. The race was top quality with thousands slash millions of dollars put into it. Well, there's a kind of a question mark. Helicopter video coverage, drone coverage, Michael Johnson guest announcement fees, both local, live local and streaming announcers, free streaming, cameras set up, police expo, pro price purse, Pro housing and travel, but only 350 paying amateurs. So that was as much as we thought it might be close to a thousand. He basically said this is 350. Not sure how this race didn't lose a ton of money. Fun fact: Lionel Sanders' mum did the amateur race but, uh, before her son. I think that could be a good advertising hook for getting more amateurs to this race. But Lionel and put Lionel and his mum both on the um, billboard. So. Some good stuff there. Um, so it sounds, sounds like, like a, the racing's amazing. Yeah, we heard similar feedback from the Canada PTO race in terms of from age groupers saying absolutely brilliant organisation, really, really good racing. Um, yeah, it's just the stuff outside of that in terms of local, promoting it to the local market, which is bloody hard to do. Um, but but, but not even it, getting your local triathlete market. Yeah, and look, we know in the States especially, it is so Ironman focused and they've just got that market so well cornered. Um, but then but I think the, 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 the disco the, man was happening. Yeah, the, but you're going to change your date. You, you know, you've, you've got this optimal date for the pros, which you kind yeah. of, you've probably got like maybe a two-week window. Um, so I'm sure everything is focused on a date for the pros and let's hope some age groupers turn up. We do have to remember, you know, these PTO races are, are new and they weren't... Um, advertised really early in the piece like a year out you didn't yeah. know that the, the dates and people these days plan their races easily a year out um so hopefully you know what we need to see i think going forward is certainty in terms of race dates like they should have next year going boom 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 these are the race dates and locations yeah. people plan it now so they book things in and, and well and, and i think the positive thing is it sounds like the the age group experience is pretty phenomenal mm. you know and obviously it was too hot so people didn't stay around but 
most people want to watch those athletes race, mm. you know, and if you can call it like if have a cool area where you've got some music and they're, you know, even just sitting around a good big screen or something like that, mm. like most people hang out after a race and got to catch up with people. Um, and even if they had the ability to have like showers like road, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Um, but I, yeah. And, and the other thing is at this stage, I'm sure these races are lost leaders. Like they're trying oh, to build yeah. a long-term plan here. So they are trying to, you know, it's five years down the piece. They're probably trying mm. to see the return on their investment, but Good insight. Thank you for yeah. that. Uh, Murray Letworth. The Holy Hammer sent this one through. Um, he sent the Collins Cup is inspired by the Ryder Cup golf between the US and Europe over four days with alternating individuals and pairs matches. President's Cup, which is another golf tournament, um, similarly is sort of spread over a few days. So Murray was posing the question, or, or same with um, the Labor Cup and the Davis Cup in tennis. Um, should Collins Cup be sort of spread over a few days rather than just this one-day format? And that got me thinking. One suggestion I haven't had for the Collins Cup is why don't we do like a, a mini Iron Tour type thing where you have, say, three days of racing back-to-back. Maybe the first day you do a bit of a prologue, the second day you do an Olympic, and the third day you maybe do a three-quarter distance race, a bit like what we see in the Triple T. I wonder if uh, whether that would be a good spectacle. You still have the internationals, Europe, um, Americans, but they're just all individual races and your points just keep sort of accumulating through. Europe probably still going to win, but would a three-day format be appealing or not? But then if you go short course, it, gets, it goes back to it's not really helping endurance athletes. Yeah, but if you had a short, a medium, and then a longer course race, it would sort of maybe balance it out a little bit and ha- try to have some variety. I know if you're going from one venue, you might not be able to have massive variety. Does, does short course count to points? No. At all? So no, you're, just, okay, so you are still going to get athletes who are 70.3. Yeah, 70.3 and, and above. But yeah, I just thought maybe the multi-day format might work, but you just... The Iron Tour when that was on in, in Europe, and this was short course focus, was seven days of racing. It was epic, and they were moving around different locations. I wonder if that might be a better and idea. Was it popular? Uh, it was in France, yeah. Yep. And you got some good fields, and yeah, it was a different Did you generation. It? No, I didn't. Which yeah. was one, of, one of my regrets. Cause were I you of the I level where you could have got into it? I could have scraped in. I would have been right yeah. at the back of the field, yeah. um, but I could have scraped in one of the years. Yeah. That's it's just another, like, another one to think about. What regret do you have? Actually, okay, because we haven't done this week's discussion. This week's discussion, what regret do you have about a race that you didn't do? Okay. You know, like for you, that would have been, you, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. me, I always wish, I, I probably could have done a tour of Southland. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when I was, you know. So a cycling tour for non-New Zealand. Yeah, and, and in my peak of cycling, like I got. Yeah, you'd be fine. You know, I would have been able to do it. Um, and I wish I'd done that. Mm. Um, okay, we've got another question, feedback here, John. Mm. Graham McGrady, he said, um, I hope you were covering I'm getting bloody blindsided here. Yeah, we are. Don't even read it because I'll <laughs> take your eyes off this. He's, going, he's just saying, I hope you're doing well and you're recovering. And, and everybody I am, I'm actually not 100 yet, but I'm in a much better place, which is great. Um, and thank you for all your support on that one. But anyway, however, I would like to register my disgust and my disappointment where following my perfectly polite and reasonable question about tyre pressure, I was metaphorically slapped in the face to be accused by being a 120kg former front rower. I reckon that was Please point out to your colleague that I'm actually a 120kg <laughs> former second rower, a log. Generally regarded as the intelligent, good-looking and slightly deluded ones in the team. I've really been so insulted. Good looking, all blacks, <laughs> second row. Hey, come on, white lock, he's a stud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There, there you go, so sharpen up on that one. And then Christian, Chris Rowe just sent through an email, and he's just basically talking about um, the wildcard invitation. So Ironman offered Andreas Duritz a wildcard for the upcoming World Championships, 
after the accident in St. George. Uh, he basically, he's had some good victories. While the circumstances of his DNF in St. George make the individual appro- uh, invitation appropriate, why wouldn't Ironman offer wildcards to other athletes? Specifically, PTO has done some great work for females, especially related to the maternity leave. Why wouldn't Ironman extend the invitation like to Miranda Carfrey to allow her the option to go out and co in her own terms in a fantastic career? One where she has not only been an automatic qualifier because of her children, Rennie has done a lot for the sport and remains one of the most recognisable female athletes. As a three-time Ironman Kona winner and four-time additional podiums, she is one of the only three winners in Ironman over the past decade. Even as her second child, she continues to perform well in the 2022 podium at the 70.3 Santa Cruz, Oregon and Timberman last year. Kofi is one of only one year older than Sarah True, two years older than Anne Haag and is three years older than Heather Jackson, while chances for a victory for Reith against Reith for her, if she arrives in top form, a podium spot for a continued uh, continued Rennie would have a distinct possibility, especially if Lucy Charles's form. Uh, well, Lucy Charles has now come back. So, what do you think? Well, I don't know anything about this. Um, so, whether or not Miranda Carfrey wants a wild card or not, so that's one question. Is but let's say she does. Let's say she does. Uh, I don't really see a problem with it. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't th- you know, like it's not like she's someone who's not of pedigree anymore. Yeah, but I've certainly, I don't, certainly wouldn't be putting her on the, the podium even remotely closely based off um, the form we've seen. But I, um, yeah, I just don't know whether she wants one. So in, in theory, theory, if she applied, I reckon she'd probably get one. But maybe she hasn't. Maybe she has applied. Chris, if she has applied and she didn't get one, let us know because then it's, then it's a different story. Yeah, if you're question. giving one to Dreitz and you're not giving one to Miranda Carfrey, that does seem pretty odd. But that's, Is it something you apply for? Sorry? Do you have to apply for it? Yeah, you'd have to ask for it. Yeah, okay. Oh, maybe in like a Flora Duffy situation, they might offer you one. Because they offered the Olympic gold medalist, didn't they? Yeah. That, that was written in stone. That, yeah. Um, but yeah. And is that is that next Olympics that happens as well? Like, is that just how it goes now? I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. I don't know enough about it, to be honest. Okay, John's quiz question. What was the quiz question? It was, how many, is it Norwegian one? Uh, no, no, this, this week's one is how many people raced in Kona in 2019? So the reason I kind of brought this up, it's going to be really interesting to see how many race this year. Obviously, we've got the, the split um, format. So you you're going you are going to get more people racing. But uh, how many actually raced way back when we had the last Ironman World Championships in Hawaii? What I'm going to be interested in is the, the difference between the female and males, mm-hmm. you know, in this year. You know, because in theory, you could probably be about to. That's, that's not, well, I tell you what, and maybe I should have had this in the news. There's, if you're a female and you want to go to Kona, now is the time to get a wriggle on. There is slots for Africa everywhere, which is great. For next year. Yeah, everywhere. Because, because of this new format, Heaps more women's spots, like for example, Ironman New Zealand. You've got, I, th- I think, I'm, I'm not sure if this number is exactly right. I think it's like your 50 or 75 regular slots that they always sort of have, or whatever it is. But then there's bonus 50 slots for females. Oh, wow. and there's most a lot of races. Um, there's there's an extra. So so then it'll probably be the same number of male slots as females, yeah. which is great yeah. because the females to qualify in the past, you've basically got to win your age group or generally be maybe second. Third at a real push, but they will get the female field will be a lesser level of athlete. Well, I'm not going to go down that path. Well, no, because 
There's, there's less of them. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the strength is, is... No, I'm not saying the top end, but you know, as an overall field, you'd probably yeah. argue that if you just were to base on, you know... Purely on numbers. Yeah. If we look here at Kona, last time around, there's 1,513 men and 613 women. That's participants, not um, finishes. Oh, okay. Oh, so I have to get finishes. Yeah. So, last, so what those numbers again? <laughs> last time there was 21... 2,126 participants, 613 women, 1,530. Okay, and the question men. is how many finishes? Average time, 11 hours and 22 minutes. I'm going to say 1963. Great year. Uh, My uh, dad was five. Uh, I tell you, this is an interesting How many people got DQ'd last time? Maybe five? Six. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the last finish at last time was uh, Eduardo. Piacenti from the 65 to 69 age group uh, and he did an hour 42 swim, 7.42 on the bike, 7.13 on the run. So he doesn't get his pants pulled down because he ran quicker than he biked, yep, which nice. is good. Uh, 16 hours and 53 minutes. He was 1,406th male. Add on 566 to that because that was the last female. So that's 1,972. Oh, I went 63, not bad. And yeah. 10, I'll take that. 1972, so what do you have to... So it'll be interesting to see. So you're saying next year, there's like literally there's going to be a lot more females. Mm. It'll be interesting well, to see year. how big the field is this year because mm. they obviously didn't have that kind of... Well, they did have the runway because we've known for a while, but mm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's a massive jump up because it looks like this is the future. It does. As much as you've always said it'll never happen, mm-hmm. proving you're wrong again. Mm. <laughs> but, like the, but like the lapping wall. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say thank you to, oh, do you want to do something? Oh, you no I swim. did not go swimming today because I had to bike up here to do the podcast and so no swim set this week. Okay, let's say thank you to our patrons. We've got Gavin the Big Brew. Uh, Aiden, Duffy, sorry. Uh, Aiden, Mr. Moo Mulan. And we've also got, now is this the Mighty Rob Flynn in the photo? No. Okay, the Mighty Rob Flynn. We've got a new one, have we, Jombo? Well, no, we don't. We've got last, last week's one we did. Uh, thanks for the extensive shout out on the pod last week. Loved it. I do actually prefer Connor the Camel. Oh, there you go. Gast. But I could also what float. Was my one? I can't remember what it was. Um, he could also float Connor the Colin Prendergast based on how many times Bevan got my name wrong. <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate, you've listened to the show for years. I never get names right. Uh, yeah, almost, d- you should be, it's a bit like you should be proud that if I get your name right, you, that's when you're disappointed. <laughs> so Connor uh, is a mediocre triathlete, according to himself. That's not me saying that. Great photo. Uh, born in the UK, living in Waiheke Island with oh, my wife nice. and son. He aspires to one day be able to tumble turn in the pool. Uh, mate, you cool. can do it. That's quite the transformation coming from the UK to living on Waiheke Island. Waiheke Island, I mean, I've never actually been there. Oh, uh, it's just off the, uh, off the coast of Auckland. Uh, so you basically see BD in Auckland, which is a beautiful waterfront. You catch a little boat, literally like 30 minutes across, mm. um, or, or not a little boat, but a boat across, um, and it's beautiful. It's kind of mm. its own little world. Mm. Yeah, although a lot of Airbnbs nowadays, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Yep. But, um, you know, if you come from UK, you found the right spot, mate. Yeah, exactly. So what's his name? Uh, Kuna. <laughs> Kuna. It's not Colin. Con- Connor, the camel, Pendergast. Good work, mate. Pendergast. Work. Thank, thanks for supporting the show, mate. You're an absolute legend. And if you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. Look to support the boys. We're giving away the wheels in the next couple of weeks. So if you've been thinking about doing it, get it on now. Because, exactly. Because A, it supports us and B, you know, you just 
you know, win some cool tyres or wheels at least. Uh, also, if you want to get show email to you, go to www.imtalk.me down the bottom of the front page, put your info in. Coaching is coachjohnnewson.com. His epic camp is coming up. In Nelson in a couple of weeks' time, in one, four weeks' time. So if you want to get a good base for your summer mm. season, smash it. And people, it's a life-changing experience, guys. Um, so there are a couple of slots left, so yep. get on it right now, epiccamp.com. My podcast, or more importantly, my new book, passionaboutexercise.com, spread the word. And Age Group of the Week, cool websites and other feedback, I am talkpodcast at gmail.com. John, your goss. Bevan, I've just put my legs onto your little table, stretching them out, and I'm still feeling my quads are like bloody rocks. Uh, they are extremely sore, and the reason for that is went to my F for Failure park run on Saturday morning, and then turned around, got home, and then went out and went tramping with my son for the weekend. So a couple of big days, five hours on the first day with 1,000 metres of climbing, and then another five or six hours on the second day. And a lot of climbing, a lot of steep descending. I was saying to Bevan before we started the show, there was one little segment on the second day. We did 30 minutes um, up the, uh, with 30 minutes of a climb and it averaged 36% with packs on. Yeah, I know. And then it's coming madness. down the other side was just steep, steep, steep. Um, beautiful Were you worried about falling over? Because you'd be slipping on your bum, wouldn't you? No, not uh, it was a little bit on the way down. You but, got good boots? Um, no, the good thing when you've got a pack on, if you fall over, you fall yeah, onto your back yeah. onto your pack. Yeah. So you, you got kind of got that safety net. Um, so it was beautiful. And I'll uh, yeah, the area we went for, for Christchurch people, a place called um, Black Hill, which is in the Oxford Forest area. Uh, and it was great. Nobody's staying in the hut. We had it to ourselves and good times. Bevan, what's happening with you? Well, John, it's a big week in my life. Well, I was going to go onto Spotify last week and look for your... Um, well, you can now. You can now? It's okay. on. It's on. Okay. It's like, okay, so I want you... Please listen to it because that, the, the hardest thing for a musician mm-hmm. is there's two hardest things, is getting people to listen to your music mm-hmm. and then building a fan base. Mm-hmm. And now, in, a, in about three months from now, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, about yeah, a month yeah. from now, I'm going to tell you my, my, my build it up crazy marketing plan, which may help us do those things. But And, and I remember reading a while ago that... Basically, once you get to 30, you stop listening to new music, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's kind of put in front of you on the radio. People, mm. you know, basically, people, and what's what's really interesting, John, is old songs are beating the new hits. So, oh, yeah, my kids are singing all these bloody songs. Yeah, and yeah. Like, what are you thinking there for? Yeah. And, and so if you look at Spotify, because what's changed in music is, in the past they had ways of collecting data, but Spotify and, and the new way of streaming has just changed the way they understand music because they just know what people are listening to. And one of the first discoveries they made was that basically once people get past like their late 20s, they really don't listen to new music. Unless it's like mm. on the radio, it's put in front of them. They just go to what they know. Now, I know there'll be some people who go, oh, I do, but most, most people yeah. don't. And then secondly, old music is now beating the new music. So more old music is getting listened to the more the top hits today, which is really fascinating. So the first thing is it's really hard. That to was get, until now. Well, tell you what, <laughs> new albums out. Um, so I, I, you know, I'd love. I'll put a link in the show notes, and I'll even put a link in the in the app, so you can literally just open your app right now and go straight to Spotify and listen to it. Um, the album's called Rock Roll Repeat. The band name is I C Tomorrow, as an I. It's all words, so it's not the letter C, it's S-E-E. Um, we've been getting some really cool feedback on it, which is great. Um, and it's, to be honest, it's really good training music. Mm. And the reason I say this is because what happens when we write songs is the songwriting process is very much Dave and I, who's the guitarist. He, he tends to write the words, but I've written words in one of the songs. But um, I'll come up with something. And then mm-hmm. he comes back to me, and we kind of collaborate until we kind of find the song. It's like you're John and Paul. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we get 5% of that success. <laughs> but um, 
But then what I do is I go running. Because mm. to me, when you're doing particularly like high intensity running, it's a real emotional state. And if the music can pull you through, that's the real that's the real identifier. And for there's been songs I've gone, you know what? We thought they've got to go for a run and it's, it's actually not there yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's actually, I think you'll find it's really cool training music. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Please have a listen and uh, give me some feedback if you want. And if it's shit feedback, don't give it to me. I don't want to hear it. It's out there. I can't change it now. So just tell me it's good. Um, but, it, but to be honest, it's like it is a proud moment in my life because mm-hmm. I'm not a great musician. Uh, and that's not me being insecure. I'm, I'm, you know, I know where I sit within musicianship. Um, but I, um, I've always wanted to be someone who makes the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to always in life, I've always wanted to be the person who doesn't sit on the sidelines going, I want to be this person. I've always been the person who goes, I want to make the album. I want to, you know, and uh, so when you saw it on Spotify, it was pretty cool. So, cool. Yeah. So I'll put a link in the show notes. And again, if you've got the app on you right now, you literally can open the app and there'll be a link there right in front of you. Click on that link. When you go training, have a listen. And uh, again, if you like it, let me know. If you don't, I don't want to hear from you. No one star <laughs> ratings. No one star <laughs> ratings. Like <laughs> uh, anyway, John, anybody up to this week? Uh, off Kaiteri. So oh, nice. this, hence we've recorded this week's show and next week's show and I'll be, my daughter's running a race up there and yeah, that's where I'll be. Okay. Lying on the beach. Oh, it's a hard life. Hmm. It's, a, it's school holidays, is it? It is. Oh, yeah. a hard life. Right, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.